Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to viewers around the world. I'm Piers Morgan and I'm uncensored. As Nelson Mandela might have said, it's been a long walk to freedom of speech. But now I'm back with a nightly forum for fabulous guests, fearless debate and, yes, some fun. In fact, just before we came on air tonight, I received a wonderfully sincere good luck message from the world's funniest man. The producers of Piers Morgan's new show contacted me and asked me if I'd like to be a guest. I said, definitely not. They said, would you mind doing a quick video wishing him luck? I said, do I have to mean it? They said, no. I said, good luck. Thanks, Ricky. Now, as you may have heard, I had a rather lively encounter with President Donald Trump, the most famous and divisive man in the world, present company accepted. It's already made headlines across the entire globe, and it was the longest and most explosive interview that I've ever done with him. OK, Piers, I'm ready. A former president in denial. I'll be completely straight with you, to your face. I think I'm a very honest man. Much more honest than you, actually. Really? Yeah. It was a free and fair election. You lost. Only a fool would think... You think I'm a fool? I do now, yeah. With respect. Excuse me. OK, with respect. The leftist... The least the hard evidence. Excuse me. The most explosive interview of the year. I don't think you're real. It's, I really it's I'm not like... Very dishonest. Let's finish up the interview. Morgan versus Turn Trump. the camera off. Very dishonest. I'm definitely real, Donald. This is me. Now, President Trump's issued so far not one but two furious statements about that 30-second promo. He says the interview was long and tedious, fake and a shambles. But he also says it was very strong, that he enjoyed doing it, and he predicts big ratings. And the really good news is that apparently I'm not a complete slimeball, which is an enormous personal relief. Well, more of that dramatic interview in a few moments. But first, I want to issue an urgent trigger warning. For all ultra-sensitive, permanently offended, woke snowflakes who may have accidentally tuned in tonight, you're not going to enjoy this show. In fact, it's going to really annoy you. It may even provoke trauma. Because I'm going to be constantly celebrating the one thing you can't abide, free speech. And that's real free speech, not your kind of free speech, where only your opinions are allowed and anyone with a different opinion has to be shamed, abused and cancelled. Their careers and reputations destroyed. No, the free speech is supposed to be the bedrock of any real democratic society. The kind where it's OK to disagree. It's all right to respect and tolerate each other's views. It's even OK to go for a beer with someone you've just spent a whole hour arguing with about the burning issues of the day. Many great people have said many great things about free speech. So Winston Churchill said some people's idea of free speech is that they are free to say what they like, but if anyone says anything back, that is an outrage. 
President George Washington said, if freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. But my all-time favourite came from the brilliantly fearless, provocative and much-missed polemicist Christopher Hitchens, who said, my own opinion's enough for me. Anyone who disagrees with this can pick a number, get in line and kiss my ass. My sentiments exactly. Nobody's getting cancelled on Piers Morgan Uncensored. This is a no-cancel zone. No opinion will be silenced, no debate will be off-limits, no BS will be tolerated, and, yes, if it's all right with you, we're going to enjoy ourselves. I couldn't put it better than my late great friend, the Australian cricket genius Shane Warne, one of the world's most iconic sportsmen. And in this politically correct day and age, we've just got to be a little bit careful, but sometimes just say, get stuffed to the fun police. Well said, Shane. You heard the man, fun police, get stuffed. My mission statement for this show is very simple. I'm going to cancel cancel culture. I'll defeat this insidious, joyless societal scourge with those most effective of democracy-preserving weapons, common sense and truth. And that's the truth, by the way, not your truth, and definitely not Princess Pinocchio's truth. I'll always fight your corner, I'll always have your back. Well, unless you're illiberal liberals who want to wreck anyone with an opinion that you've ruled as offensive. Or cancel crusaders, rewriting history as one great sopping apology, conducting the banish inquisition, sailing the internet on your purity purge, stamping your extremist views on the rest of the world with no tolerance for any discussion or debate. Or ideological imperialists waving your digital snitch forks, hounding good men and women out of their jobs and reputations because they tweeted something you didn't like. Or hypocrite celebrities pontificating about equality from their massive mansions and constantly preaching one thing while doing the complete opposite themselves. I think you know the type, right, Your Royal Highness? Or trans Trojans engulfing the internet in your flames of rage when women dare to say things like, women exist or internet excavators raking over ancient social media profiles in search of fossilised evidence that someone you disagree with wasn't Mother Teresa. Or prevaricating politicians who lie, cheat, break the law and blunder without accepting accountability. Or vegan virtue signalers who want to make mincemeat out of people like me for eating steak, without seeing the irony. The one common trait of all these people is insufferable self-righteousness. They don't just think they're right, they know they're right. And anyone who says otherwise must be destroyed. Well, I've got some breaking news for you tonight. Nobody's right all the time. Not even me, although my record is admittedly better than most. It's okay to be wrong. It's all right to evolve your opinions when facts change. Whether you live in Britain, America, Australia, it's time we went back to being real democracies. Silencing, censoring, no platforming, and cancelling people who disagree with you isn't democratic or liberal. It's actually a form of modern-day fascism, which, of course, they profess to hate. I've always loudly and proudly stood up for civil rights, women's rights, gay rights and trans rights. I always will. I believe in fairness and equality for everybody. But that hasn't stopped the woke brigade branding me racist, sexist, homophobic and transphobic. And that's some of the nicer things they call me. All abusively spewed from people with that disingenuous be kind hashtag in their Twitter bios. There's nothing kind about these awful people, nor any room for logic or reason in their perverse world of liberal authoritarianism. These are dangerous times for democracies built on free speech. We've regressed thousands of years back to the days when warring tribes of people who looked the same, sounded the same, dressed the same and thought the same marched around, spears out, baying for the blood of anyone remotely different to themselves. 
and I've reached a very unfortunate conclusion. The world's gone I mean, it has, right? But statues of Churchill, Mandela and Gandhi all have to be boarded up in London's Parliament Square because woke imbeciles might trash them for being problematic when tall, powerful, formerly male trans athletes are smashing records in women's sport, when pregnant men get an emoji but women are called birthing people, when Snow White's prince is a sexual predator because for that kiss he didn't ask for consent, and when Mr Potato Head has had his actual nuts removed. Night after night, I'll highlight this nonsense for what it is. Nonsense. Because the world has gone nuts, and not even a global pandemic or a war in Europe seems to have snapped us all out of it. So let Piers Morgan Uncensored be your island of sanity, your department of common sense, the last refuge of the slant. We're global, we're going to annoy all the right people, and I'm uncensored. And if you're wondering why we called it that... My show is called Piers Morgan Uncensored. Okay. You like the title? I like it, yeah, very much. I know you very well. You've loved me a long For time. For you, it's a good title. I, I don't think you can avoid it. No. So it's an accurate title. I don't <laughs> think if they told you to uh, behave yourself, you can't. So exactly. it's probably a very accurate title. Uncensored next, a world-exclusive interview with the most controversial man possibly in the history of this planet. Okay, Piers, I'm ready. Talk radio. Unbelievably realistic. It's the home of common sense. Non-complicated radio for a complicated age. Just like the real thing. Talk radio. Welcome back. Now, the most explosive personality in political history in his most explosive ever TV interview. The former leader of the free world, quite possibly the next leader of the free world. Loved and loathed, revered and feared, but never ignored and now completely uncensored. In the next hour, President Donald J. Trump blows the roof off the biggest issues in the world today and he nearly blows my head off too. Do you think I'm a fool? I do now, yeah. Nothing is off limits. Trump reveals what he told Putin about invading Ukraine. I threatened him like he has never been threatened before. His damning verdict on President Biden... If it's you against Joe Biden, if you win the Republican nomination again and he runs again, would you beat him? Uh, I believe right now anybody... I think you could beat him right now. His thoughts on those renegade royals? I think poor Harry is being led around by his nose and I think he's an embarrassment. And the big question, whether he'll run again for president in 2024. I think people are going to be happy. You might even be happy. He even gave his thoughts on me walking off a certain TV show. I thought you overreacted, by the way. Well, I'll tell you what happened. I so mean, the guy, the guy was a stiff. Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> I've known Donald Trump for 15 years. I consider him to be a good friend, albeit one with as many flaws as qualities. We go back a long way to when I appeared in a Celebrity Apprentice TV show in 2008, and I did, well, modestly speaking, rather well. Pierce, you're a vicious guy. I've seen it. We can try and dispute it. You can try and dispute it. You're tough. You're smart. You're probably brilliant. I'm not sure. You're certainly not diplomatic. But you did an amazing job, and you beat the hell out of everybody. Pierce, you're the celebrity. I've interviewed him dozens of times since then, including on three occasions since he won the presidency. We generally get on pretty well. Mutual respect 
even a touch of affection. But this time was very different. Minutes before our interview at Trump's estate and home in Mar-a-Lago and Palm Beach in Florida, a truly dramatic moment. Trump was sent this dossier. This is the actual thing. Of the worst things I'd said about him in the two years since his dire handling of the coronavirus pandemic and even more dire refusal to accept losing the 2020 election, which sparked a deadly riot at the US Capitol. The dossier was sent to Trump by a treacherous little weasel called Nigel, working for a little watch TV network somewhere in the UK in an attempt to sabotage this interview, a sneaky plot that was to spectacularly backfire. These are just some of those quotes, and keep in mind that he summons me to his office and read them to me very slowly with increasing menace in his eyes. Trump's a supreme narcissist. His pathetic antics have been utterly contemptible. He's now acting like a mafia mob boss. President Trump needs to be removed from office. Now, to be clear, I meant what I said at the time, and I stand by it all now. But understandably, Trump was angry, furious, in fact. He cursed me as he read those quotes out and repeatedly threatened to cancel the interview. It was a bit like being back in the old apprentice boardroom, moments away from possibly being fired. He shouted at me, I thought we were friends. This is so disloyal. Why would you say all this about me? So I told him, I'm just being brutally honest. Dishonest, he snapped, as he was to do again later. It was tense. It was touch and go. But he finally did agree to do the interview, and he didn't hold back. But then neither did I. He'd agreed to 20 minutes. We ended up going toe-to-toe for more than 70. And from the moment we sat down, I knew this would be the most explosive Trump interview I'd ever done. President Trump, well, first of all, how are you? Very good. We're doing well, and it's nice to be in Florida. We're sort of all over the place, but a lot of time spent in Florida. What is life like as an ex-president? Well, it's uh, interesting. It's beautiful. It's complex sometimes. Uh, We have a lot of endorsements going out and have gone out. We've done very well on endorsing candidates that I think are very good, and they are very good, and we've taken people from who were not going to win, and now they're winning big. You're talking like somebody who feels he has unfinished business. Well, we did a a really good job. We created uh, an economy that was incredible, and now uh, supply chain problems, inflation problems, gasoline selling for five, six, seven dollars. Think of it, a gallon. When I left, it was under two dollars. And it was largely under $2 for a long period of time, 187 167 at one point. And now it's 5 6 7 $8, depending on where you are, going up much higher. Uh, and we have a war that would have never happened if I was president. We, that war would have never happened. When the invasion started, you were quite praiseworthy of Vladimir Putin. You said he was a genius. This was no, a savvy move. No, he was going wrong. in as a peacemaker. No, no, that's the fake news' version, no. Tell me the truth. When he built up soldiers on the border, I said, that's very smart, brilliant move, because I thought he was negotiating. When he went in, I said, no longer a brilliant move. When you see the scenes, Mr President, of maternity hospitals being I think bombed... It's terrible, yeah. When you see refugees being attacked as they yeah. flee grandmothers, children, babies. Uh, You see the decimation of previously prosperous cities living in a thriving new democracy. When you watch what's happening, I mean, do you agree with my assessment that Vladimir Putin is now an evil, genocidal monster? Yeah, but I also... You do? When I look at... I do, sure. Who wouldn't? What's happening is horrible. 
when you see rockets going into apartment buildings, and there are plenty of people in those buildings, you know, they think they're mm. like the people who moved out. They didn't move. They want to stay because they think they're safe in their apartments. Far more people are dead than you think. When I see all the death and all that destruction, and it's such a stupid war, mm. because you had a country that was working, it was had problems, lots of problems, but other countries have problems too. It was such a horrible waste to be doing it. You see swings outside, you see playgrounds, you see hospitals. It was a country. And the people were happy. I guess a lot of them were happy because they're certainly fighting for it. But I'll tell you what I really think. I say, isn't it a shame all those people are dead, all because of a rigged election? Because if our election wasn't rigged, you would have had nobody dead. No, when you no. said to Putin, don't invade yeah, Ukraine, yeah. what was his response? Well, I told him what our response was going to be, and his response was, really? I said, really? What did you say your response was? And you be? know what? If he believed me, good, but if he believed me only 5%, he would have said, I'll never do it. What did you say the response would I'm be? I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that, but it was a very strong response. But did you threaten I to said, use, for example, the nuclear capability? Like, I don't want to talk as, about As he's been doing? I don't want to talk about that. What I did say is, we're going to be very strongly responding if you do that. I also said to President Xi, don't go into Taiwan. And there's going to be a very strong response. They both understood that. They both had the same reaction. Really? Really? I said, really? The thing that may keep him out of Taiwan is how poorly Russia's doing right. and how vicious it has to be, how horrible it has to be, because China sees that and nobody wants to see what's happening. So what would you do right now in Ukraine if you were the president... Putin uses the N-word. I call it the N-word. He uses the N-word, the nuclear word, mm. all the time. That's a no-no. You're not supposed to do that. He uses it on a daily basis. And everybody's so afraid, so mm. afraid, so afraid. And as they're afraid, he uses it more and more. That's why he's doing the That's kind right. of things he's, he's doing. Praying off the he's field. doing them because he thinks nobody's going to ever attack us mm. because they're all stupid and they're afraid to talk I about totally it. I totally agree with you. OK? So what would you and do instead about of, it? Excuse me. It's yeah, com sorry. a little complicated. I'm oh, sorry. Instead of, you know, kowtowing, instead of Biden saying, oh, he's got nuclear weapons. Mm. He keeps saying he's got nuclear We have better weapons. We have the greatest submarine power mm. in history. So what would you say and do? I would say we have far more than you do, far, far more powerful than you. And you can't use that word ever again. You cannot use the nuclear word mm. ever again. And if you do, we're going to have problems. My reading of what me. you've been saying is that when you were talking to Putin, when you were president and he was talking about potentially invading Ukraine, that you threatened him with your nuclear capability. I threatened him like he has never been threatened before. Did you threaten to use nuclear weapons? I don't want to say that. I threatened him like he has never been threatened before. What's your message for Putin now, right now? If, he, if you could talk to him, what would you say to him? I, I, I would say it's a shame what you've done. You're killing, I think, potentially, look, you know, if, if these people aren't smart, mm. and they're not, mm. our leaders are not smart. If they're not smart, you're going to end up in a nuclear war. This is just the beginning. This is the beginning. And I've been the best predictor of things mm. ever. Now, it doesn't have to happen. It shouldn't happen. But if our people aren't smart, you're going to end up in a nuclear war. So what's think, your message to I him? think they're dealing with... If he's with, watching this interview, and I, he will be, look, what would you say to him? I think they're dealing with him incorrectly. I think what they're saying, it, it's almost like they're speaking with fear. Mm. And they don't understand. We have 
one weapon alone that would destroy everything. Should Putin get out of Ukraine right now? Uh, they should make a deal, and they can make a deal, and they should do it fast. When people look back on this period of time, we're going to be ashamed at what we've done or what we haven't done to stop this catastrophe. This is a catastrophe. This is, in a way, already a world war. Has Russia made itself, with this invasion, has it made itself an enemy of the United States? Well, I think two things have happened. Number one, they've proven to be less powerful than we thought. Mm. That's a good thing from our standpoint. Mm. But at the same time, they have a second degree of weapon uh, that is very powerful. And nobody can be allowed to use it, talk about it, threaten with it. Uh, we have more powerful than them. And there would be no Russia. There would be no Russia. But we don't want to talk about that. But when I watch Biden say, oh, he's got nuclear weapons, mm. we can't do this. You can't do that. Mm. You know, I confronted Kim Jong-un. And all of a sudden, I got a call they'd like to meet. It was like, and we when met. When you say confronted him, and we met in what did you say to him? Well, verbally, I confronted him. You know that. Mm. He said, I have a red button on my desk, meaning a nuclear button. I said, I have a red button on my desk, too. But it's bigger and stronger than yours, and mine works. And they said, whoa, nobody's ever talked to us that way. I took a lot, of, a lot of heat when I said that. When you look back on your term in office, and there may be another one, we'll come to that. When you look back on the, the four years you were president of the United States, it was very polarizing in many ways, you know that. What do you think was your biggest success? So when you say polarizing, I think it's more polarized now than it ever was. I don't was disagree. I don't disagree. Biden. Joe Biden said he would unify the country. Yeah. There's certainly no sign of that happening. So I don't disagree with you. But well, I, I think you it's... know that your own tenure... Start, start with your tenure. We'll come to Joe Biden. But your tenure, four years, give me the one thing that you're proudest of. I can't say one because there are too many things, but I'll give you one that's a lot of people don't talk about, but then they say, wow, that's true. We started no wars. We right. didn't have Russia fighting in Ukraine. We didn't have China threatening every day Taiwan. They wouldn't have done it. And Russia would have never gone into... They would have never gone into Ukraine. Never. No chance. How I mean, can you be sure about I that? know it. I know my people, and I know Putin, and he would have never done it. I think the, the Afghanistan withdrawal was so incompetent with the 85 billion and the dead soldiers. But to be clear, you wanted withdrawal. You wanted oh, US sure. forces oh, out of Afghanistan. I'm the one that started it. Right. I so took it down Your from complaint is about the execution of the withdrawal, the not the actual decision to withdraw. Withdrawal with strength and with dignity, but... I was the one that got it down to 2,000 soldiers. How would you have done it if you'd still been president? Number one, very simple. I would have left the military to last. Not, you don't take out the military first. We took out our military first. A child would say you can't do that. We took the military out, and then we had thousands of people that were American people, some of whom are still there. A large number are still there, bigger than people think. Uh, I have never seen anything so incompetent. And in my opinion, and by the way, not only the soldiers that were killed. We have horribly, horribly wounded soldiers. And leaving $85 billion of the best equipment in the world, best military equipment And leaving millions of Afghan women in the hands of correct. the Taliban, correct. who have immediately taken them back to the Dark Ages. Correct, that's By gone. trashing their education, trashing yeah. their women's rights. I mean, that's an abrogation of a moral duty, isn't it? Yeah, it sure it is. Do you think that it fueled? Vladimir Putin's ambitions with the Ukraine invasion, yeah. seeing what appeared to be 
America in surrender mode. Yes, I think that was the reason. I think that's why he did it. When they saw the way we acted in Afghanistan, the way we ran, like surrendered, and again, you have to understand, I had a very strong, very powerful relationship, powerful in the sense that they respected our country and me. There was no games with the Taliban and its leader, who's still their leader, by the way. And they would have never done this. I agree. We ran away. He said, hey, this is no longer Trump. I'm going to go in and take you. But let me, let me, and then it worked out to be not so good. Right. Uncensored next. Trump and I fall out over who's more honest. Yeah, I think I'm a very honest man. You, Much man. more honest than you, actually. Really? Yeah. Because, I'm pretty honest. Because I don't think you're real. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. In a moment, Donald Trump's damning verdict on British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. He tells me where he thinks Johnson's now getting it all wrong. And I ask him why Boris intervened to get my last interview with Trump cancelled two hours before it was due to start. Trump also has some scathing words for the former German Chancellor Angela Merkel and tells me why he sent her a white napkin of surrender. But first, the question that seemingly everybody in the world is desperate to know the answer to. Will Donald Trump run for president again in 2024? So here's the big question for you, which everybody wants to know. The latest poll says if the 2024 election was held tomorrow, you would beat Joe Biden by six points and Kamala Harris by 11 points. In other words, you would be re-elected president of the United States. So are you going to run again? Well, you know, for reasons of campaign finance and everything, I'm not allowed to say. But let me just say this. I think a lot of people are going to be very happy. So you won't I, get I love our country. Our country is going to hell. I think a lot of people are going to be very happy. So you're going to run? I'm not going to say that, but I think people are going to be happy. You might even be happy. If it's you against Joe Biden, if you win the Republican nomination again and he runs again, would you beat him? Uh, I believe right now anybody, I think you could beat him right now. Our country's a mess. Our country has never been so disrespected. Our borders have never been so open. We've never had in 44 years inflation like we have it. If you run again and you win, 
which could well happen. And I think whoever the Republican could candidate happen. Could happen. right now, it looks like the Democrats are going to get shellacked in the midterms. It's quite likely whoever is the Republican nominee will end up being president. It could be you again. And for as many people who think that's a great idea, you'll know there are lots of people who think that would be a total nightmare. Far less. Far less? I think so, yeah. I think far, far less. I think people are very angry at this country. Mm. They're very angry at our leadership. Uh, they wish they had their vote to do again. We didn't need their vote because, again, we won the election by a tremendous margin. We won the election actually very easily. One of the other questions about potentially running again is you've been in that pressure cauldron of the White House with your family. They've all come under huge attack. Your children, your wife, Melania. Would you be happy to put them back in there? Would they be happy to be back in there? Well, I won't get into that, but I will tell you they all love the country and we did a great job. And it's been a tumultuous time for the world, for the country. There is a chance that you're going to be running. Quite clearly, you've made that clear in this interview. I don't think I've made it clear. You I said think, people are going to be I happy. I think that's it, but I think people are going to be very happy. I don't know. There'll be people unhappy, but I think people are going to be very happy. So those who, are, who don't like you, there's people out there that don't like you. I know you said recently that you were very popular, and I think you said you were the most honest man in the world last I'm, week. I'm a very honest man. Was yeah. that true? Yeah, I think I'm a very honest man. That's but to true. those who don't like you... Much more honest than you, actually. Really? Yeah. Because, I'm pretty honest. Because I don't think you're real. Really? But, yeah, I think I'm a much more honest person in most ways, in most respects. Why am I not real? But we're not going to get into that. Let's finish up the interview. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm, go I'm, ahead, go ahead. My Let's question go. was this. What message do you have to people who can't think of anything worse than you running again and will be distressed about it? Would you come back, with all the experience you've had, of being president, would you come back a different person? Would you do things a bit differently? So I like this question in a certain way because I came in and I was attacked from day one unfairly. Russia, Russia, Russia was a hoax. The impeachment hoax, number one, number two. It was all a big hoax, the Mueller report. And I had to fight back and I had to fight back strongly. And if I didn't fight back strongly, I wouldn't have survived. And I say it and I say it loud. I had two jobs to do run the country really well, and the second was to survive. No other president went through this fake stuff. I only ask you, when we did Celebrity Apprentice together, which I really enjoyed, and it was good... Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I did that with you, I saw a very different Donald Trump in the boardrooms for those hours every night. You were... You know, you weren't as aggressive and confrontational. Except I wasn't under siege with phony, I mean. with phony Russia, I, Russia I hunts. And by the way, I agree I with you, but the Russia collusion thing was ridiculous. No, no, and many others. Right. But my point is, if you got a chance again, would we see more of that Donald Trump, do you think? Uh, depends on how you're greeted. Mm. But if you're greeted unfairly, you have to be tough and you have to fight. Uh, I would like that. I would much prefer that. But it depends on how you're greeted. But I would do... And I say this, our country's in trouble. Something has to happen. And if it doesn't happen, and if we don't have smart leadership, you're going to end up with no world. The world is going to be blown to pieces. We have stupid people now running our country. The world is going to be blown to pieces. Well, that's a cheery thought, isn't it? Uh, and a ferocious verdict on the United States under President Joe Biden in his first term in the Oval Office. But what about Britain? under the leadership of Boris Johnson. And why did Johnson cancel my interview with Trump a few days before his 2019 UK election? There's some interesting answers. But first, Trump's utterly withering verdict on former German Chancellor Angela Merkel. 
They never got on well, and perhaps you can now understand why. You were very critical of Angela Merkel in oh, Germany for being so energy dependent on Russia. You've been completely vindicated about Angela That's Merkel. Right. In fact, her reputation is getting shattered with every day this conflict goes it on. It should be shattered. She should have never done it. I had it out with her. I sent her the white flag of surrender. I sent her a white flag. It was in the form of a large... You sent her one? Oh, yeah. I had really? It, I had it brought right over to her at a different table. I said, it's the white flag of surrender. She said, but what do you mean? I said, you are dependent on Russia for energy. You, you must be kidding. I mean, just look at the history of Germany and Russia. When it happens, you might as well just do me a favor. Lift this flag of surrender. You know what it was? It was a very luxurious napkin. Okay? <laughs> Where was it? And I sent it... Where did you do it? At one of the meetings, at one of our many meetings we had with, uh, you know, between the G7, the G20, mm -hmm. you have all the different Gs. And, but I said, I said, you're going to be someday in a problem with Russia mm -hmm. and you are going to have no choice but to surrender because... And the new German leader has done a complete U-turn. He recognised that what you were saying then was but completely who, correct. But who wouldn't recognise? I also think that when she took in... Millions of people, she hurt Germany very badly, millions of people flowed through Europe and flowed into a country she hurt, instead of resettling them someplace and spending money, but settling in their area, where they would rather be anyway. The war forced them out. Bush got us into that mess in the Middle East. Bush has done a tremendous disservice. People forget. We were supposed to meet in December 2019, just before the pandemic, in London, and at the last minute, you cancelled my interview because of an intervention from the British Prime Minister, I believe. Well, that's true. I mean, you knew that. And uh, I was over there as his guest. Mm. So if he asks me not to do that, I have to do that. We have had... Why didn't he want you to talk to me? I don't know. I didn't even ask him. But... The election, the UK election, was a few days later. Yeah, yeah. I was told it was because he was worried that between us we might create something that may cost yeah. him the election. Well, I like him. And uh, I've always liked him. I think he's getting a little bit liberal. He's getting a little bit green. Uncensored next, Barks flies. Things begin to get a lot more heated between myself and the former president. He has a pretty forthright view on me. And I guess you're a fool. Only a fool would think that was a legitimate... You think I'm a fool? I do now, yeah. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Now, Donald Trump is a man who's used to winning, but he categorically did not win the 2020 election. He lost. Joe Biden won. And Trump's been a really, really sore loser ever since. I also believe his refusal to admit defeat inspired and perhaps incited a violent mob to descend on the US Capitol on January the 6th, 2021, some of the most shocking scenes American democracy has ever witnessed. I was appalled by these scenes. And I've always felt that Trump should have taken more responsibility for what was unequivocally an attempt to prevent the peaceful handover of power after a democratic election. Here's what I said at the time. He didn't just cross a line. He trampled all over that line. And he's now a threat to American democracy. And to those who warned this was what was going to happen with Trump, you've been proven right. I stand by that, and I put it directly to the former president. The things I'm not happy about with your presidency, I'll be completely straight with you, to your face... 
One of them is what happened on January the 6th, which was a result of you refusing to accept the result of the election. Before you start this, okay. Scott, Nancy Pelosi is in charge of security. Mm -hmm. She didn't do her job. She's half in charge of it. So the Republicans the mayor of DC, and the Democrats me, have equal, they have equal share of The that. mayor of D.C. and Nancy Pelosi are in charge actually, of Actually, Republicans and the Democrats have 50-50. But she was actually cowering for terror in fear of her life that day because there was a huge mob of people if she, who uh, were attacking the, the yeah, centre of democracy yeah. in America. I want to read you what Mitch McConnell said, who's the Senate minority well, leader. Well, Mitch McConnell is uh, no, not know. a good you, representative You can respond to what this, he said, but he still remains... Party. He remains. He remains the senior Republican. Unfortunately. OK, but he is right now. Okay? We'll see what happens. OK, fair enough. But he said this. He's acknowledged that Joe Biden was the legitimate winner of the 2020 election. He's rejected your claims of fraud. And he said about January the 6th, we were all there, we saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election from one administration to the next. That's what it was. He told this to the Senate on February the 13th last year. Former President Trump's actions preceding the riot were a disgraceful dereliction of duty. He then, said, that there's, he then said there's no question that President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of that day. Yeah. And even this, he said about the rioters, they did this because they'd been fed wild falsehoods by the most powerful man on earth because he was angry he'd lost an election. Okay. Number one, he knew nothing about what took place in the election. The press hates to write about it, but that election was rigged and it was stolen. You said to me what? 100%. Okay. I don't mean me. a little bit. Right. And you know, it's funny, when a Hillary Clinton or when... Uh, Stacey Abrams says, oh, the election was rigged. Nobody says anything, but when Trump says it. But the difference is, I have proof, mm. and we have massive proof. Okay, but let me ask All you this All you have question. to do is take a look. Let me ask you. Take a look at the ballot harvesting that took okay. place. Let me ask you this. Millions you of You said votes. to me once that if you talk the talk, and you're a great talker, I've seen that today, if you talk the talk, you have to walk the walk. In the context of your claim about the fraudulent election, it's been 14 months, and we've not seen this hard evidence of the fraud that you say happened. The press won't report it. The press... You haven't produced This it. is like a communist country. Where is the press? It's all over the place. We have it's not, so I've read everything. Can I just put another thing to you? Because I've watched this whole debate, raise, and you've been completely unflagging in your refusal to accept defeat. And you know why, though? You know why? Because if our country doesn't have fair and free elections... Mm. And if our country doesn't have borders, mm. we don't have a country. Okay. We have crooked, corrupt elections. But here's what I would say to you. And I've proven it. Here's what I would say to you. I believe it was a free and fair election and that you lost. You that, don't really believe that's that. That's my belief. All right. Well, then you're How, a fool. However... Then you're a fool. Maybe I am a fool. Maybe I'm the fool in, in this conversation. About and you're it, but, a fool and you haven't studied it. OK, I have studied it. Well, maybe I am a fool, but of course I've studied it. I've read a lot about what happened with the 2020 election. And I've seen no hard evidence, like I told him, that there was substantial voter fraud. Nobody has seen that. Uh, but the bottom line with all this is Trump seems to me to be fighting on the wrong hill about why he was treated unfairly in 2020. There's another argument that he could produce, which I think has a lot more merit. Just three weeks before the election, the New York Post published a sensational front-page story about Hunter Biden, son of the now president, Joe Biden. Emails found on Hunter's abandoned laptop contained proof that he sold influence while his father was vice president. But the liberal-run social media giants squashed the scandal, with Twitter and Facebook shamefully blocking the Post's scoop. They even stopped the Post having 
an account. And mainstream media dismissed it all as Russian disinformation. So none of them reported it properly. And some believe that if they had done, it could have swung the election in Trump's favour. In other words, if more people had known about this story, if more people had scrutinised this story, if it hadn't been so wrongly censored, then they might have voted differently or stayed at home. I put this to President Trump. There is another twist in this tale where I think you're on much stronger ground and where I would agree with you, and that is the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, which is what it's become, and it could lead right to the top with Joe Biden. We don't know yet. But it seems to me that the way that mainstream media and the tech giants conspired to suppress that story, literally removing it from social media platforms, 17 not points. reporting it, not yeah. chasing it, 50 senior people coming out saying this was Russian disinformation, all complete nonsense. Yeah. There is a belief that that could have swung the election your way. In other words, when you talk about having a stolen election, actually you're on better ground, it okay. seems to okay. me, with the Hunter Biden Are you ready? story. They say it made a 17-point difference. But you know what? Even without that, I won it, and we won it big, mm -hmm. and we won it easily. It was so corrupt in... It was so corrupt in Wisconsin that they're saying, what do we do? They don't know what to do. They caught him. So only a fool, and I guess you're a fool, only a fool would think that was a legitimate... You think I'm a fool? I do now, yeah. Frank Sinatra said the best revenge is massive success. Isn't your best revenge, rather than yeah. talking constantly about the last I election... I don't talk constantly, but you brought it up, you I do. didn't. You do, you do. You brought it Come up. Come on, it eats away Excuse me. You brought it up, I didn't. I don't talk about it very much. I do say it was rigged. Mm. Uh, Mitch McConnell is stupid, and he shouldn't have allowed it to happen, but he did. But if you look at the results and if you mm. look at what happened... But even you sitting here saying, well, that doesn't matter. But the no, no, law, I you, I think the law is... Look, I think the law matter. is... Mr. Even President, the numbers, with respect, your own vice president, Mike Pence, says you lost the election. Mike was foolish. The head of the Republicans Mike in the Senate foolish. says you lost it. Mike was foolish and he was weak. It's an incredible thing to say about Mike Pence, someone who was probably the most loyal vice president and most supportive vice president in modern American political history. But no, because he doesn't think that election was rigged or stolen, he too gets thrown under the bus. Well, that was the end of part one of my extraordinary interview with Donald Trump. On tomorrow's Piers Morgan Uncensored, we'll show part two, which contains a number of further remarkable revelations. Now, the president and I didn't agree about everything, as you've just seen. But there were some things we did agree about, including the Duke and Duchess of Netflix. And Mr Trump didn't pull his punches when it came to the dynamics of Harry and Meghan's relationship. Harry is whipped. Do you know mm. the expression I'm whipped? familiar with the phrase. I won't use the full expression. <laughs> but Harry is whipped like no person I think I've ever seen. <laughs> the most whipped man in the world. This is, I don't know, that's going to be a big one, but he is, he is a whipped man, yeah. His predictions didn't stop there. He suggested the royal fairy tale could be rather short-lived. So I want to know what's going to happen when Harry decides he's had enough of being bossed around, or maybe when she decides that she likes some other guy better. I want to know what's going to happen when it ends, OK? You think it's going to end? I do. I've been a very good predictor, as you know. I've predicted almost <laughs> everything. It'll end, and it'll end bad. And I wonder if Harry's going to go back on his hands and knees back into... Uh, the beautiful city of London and say, please, you know, 
I think Harry has been led down a path. So not a fan of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, but Donald Trump is a great fan of other members of the royal family, including Her Majesty the Queen and Camilla, the Queen-in-waiting. She was on my right, the Queen was on my left, and I said, Queen, I really have to talk to Camilla for a little while, too. You know, we, <laughs> no, we, we couldn't break apart. And I talked to Camilla, and Camilla was so nice. You know, different than I thought. Mm. She was funny, she was smart, mm. quick. There was one other quite simple question I wanted to put to Donald Trump. It's one that's troubled many politicians at the moment. And it's this. What is a woman? This was his reply. A woman is somebody that swims at a certain time and doesn't get beaten by 38 seconds by somebody that wasn't even a good swimmer as a male. And as Elon Musk has made his bid to take over Twitter... This is Donald Trump's response to what he perceives to be the hypocrisy of the social media platform. Things they did, which I think are really contentious. One, they've continued to ban you from from the platform, but they allow Vladimir Putin to have a Twitter account. They allow the supreme leader of Iran to have a Twitter account. They allow a number of Taliban leaders to have a Twitter account. I don't see how they can square off allowing those people to have their platform, you know why? but not a former president of the United States. Do you know why? Because they're sick. They're mentally ill. Well, Trump even gives his forthright take on my walkout from Good Morning Britain. I chose the title because I lost my last job. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Uh, the Good Morning Britain show. I thought you overreacted, by the way. Well, I'll tell you what happened. I so mean, the guy, the guy was a stiff. Oh, no, it wasn't about him. You didn't it have was, to do it. No, it wasn't it was. actually about the walkout. So here's what you happened. made it about him. He, well, got, he got, probably got a you, nice you may, You're right about that. But... He's not wrong. Uh, there's been an enormous amount of speculation and uproar, of course, about the way the interview ended, much of it fueled by President Trump himself after he basically called it a rigged promo. Did he storm out or didn't he? It's a bit more complicated than that. One thing's for sure, it was a pretty acrimonious final few minutes and he did indisputably leave the room in a stinking temper. I haven't mentioned... That's it. No, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I realise that. I realise I'm not like... Very dishonest. I just haven't asked you You're about... You're a very dishonest. This, no, was, no. this was a 20-minute interview. Oh, I'm sorry. Listen, I, this was a 20-minute interview. Uh, I think it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, I haven't you know, asked about... It's fantastic in Europe. Let's finish up the interview. Turn the camera off. Very dishonest. Hmm. Doesn't look that cheerful, does it? Well, tomorrow night, I'll show you that ending in full. And also this week, another explosive interview with my good friend, the TV superstar Sharon Osbourne, in a remarkably revealing and heart-rending account of what happened to her when she got cancelled for defending me over the Meghan Markle debacle. Sharon lost her job. She was subjected to disgusting vitriol, even horrific death threats, all for saying that I was entitled to have an opinion. But now she's back... And I'm going to uncancel her on this show so that she can now go back where she belongs and be the queen of TV. Piers and I had both been through similar experiences. Piers spoke about Meghan and I spoke about the way I feel for Piers to have his freedom of speech. After all the big hoo-ha, all the mess online, I am back to talk to Piers Morgan about what really happened. What people can expect from the interview is the truth. 
You don't think cancel culture exists? Watch that interview coming later in the week. Well, that's it for the first ever Piers Morgan Uncensored. Thank you for being a part of television history. And remember, sometimes just say get stuff for the fun police. And whatever you're up to, make sure it's uncensored. <laughs>